Israel is a land of diverse cultures, religions, foods, music and people. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he explores the devout and divine, the off the wall and outrageous and everything in between. Right here on 101.9 High FM. Dr. Sudesh Siravasu, who is a biomedical engineer and associate professor at UCT, and he heads up the medical devices lab uh, at the university there. And he's going to be talking to us about that and about uh, the National Ventilator Project and just uh, how uh, innovations in medical um, medical technology are helping people's lives. Uh, Dr. Sudesh, thank you so much for joining us on the New Blue Review. Hi, Benji. Thank you so much for the introduction. <laughs> so, uh, I'm happy to share more about the medical yeah, so maybe let's start off there. What what exactly does your medical device center do? When when we talk about medical devices, what kind of things are we are we talking? Is it robotic arms or is it hearing aids? What 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 does it actually mean? So um, so the medical devices lab which I run uh, uh, covers quite a variety of medical devices. So uh, unlike uh, uh, traditional laboratories, we focus on solutions, uh, solutions which can be used in the healthcare settings. So if the solution needs to be a modification in a wheelchair, so be it, or if it is in prosthetic arm connected to a uh, AMG to make the next generation uh, artificial intelligence driven prosthetic arm, we do that. And for COVID-19, we have been involved in a wide variety of uh, devices, and all of these are uh, fo- uh, particularly focused on the clinical settings and making uh, appropriate health technologies for uh, healthcare delivery, and um, uh, so it's a, it's quite a wide uh, uh, bandwidth of things that we do, but it is all focused on the clinics and the communities. So uh, obviously, one of the things has been uh, ventilators. That's been very much in the news. But what other kind of devices have have you guys been working on in order to to help alleviate some of the challenges associated uh, with uh, with with the COVID pandemic. Okay, so uh, glad that you mentioned about COVID, uh, you know, because it is kind of the work that we are presently doing. But we have a whole lot of innovations pre-COVID. Maybe after the COVID conversation, we'll come to that. Uh, for the COVID, uh, uh, you know, we uh, we set up a dedicated uh, medical devices task team, and uh, we reviewed all the. Um, uh, avenues where medical devices and medical technologies can be uh, uh, innovated in the South African space. And the first thing that we came out with uh, uh, simple and a more effective uh, uh, face visors, the face shields. And um, so we, we face shields, we found that 3D printing is not necessarily a scalable solution. So we found a very easy way of doing it. And our uh, uh, innovation is called uh, the UZT Visor, V-I-Z-A-R, uh, which uses uh, household uh, items uh, which one can put together into a face shield. So that includes a profile foam and a A4 uh, transparency sheet and an elastic band. That is always required to make a face shield. And uh, uh, on another version of uh, the face shield, we um, made it... Um, uh, for clinical usage, and we got it approved by registered with SAPRA, the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority. And then we started uh, to distribute that to uh, uh, the health centers in and around uh, Western Cape, and then in, now we have we have distributed across South Africa. So till date, uh, you know, we have made close to 35,000 uh, visors, and these visors are now currently being used across South Africa in various healthcare settings. 
On top of it, these visors were also made uh, for non-clinical usage, that, such as uh, universities and schools and uh, care homes. And, uh, you know, that's another, you know, massive uptake for these visors. So visors being one of them. And then uh, do you want me to just go on with other uh, devices or do you want me to, you know, do you want to uh, ch- chat about one device at a time and then go to the next So, do you know what, Dr. Sage, let us take a short break. Um, And when we come back, uh, Uh I also want to talk about some of your pre-COVID devices because they're very, very interesting. And, of course, we have to talk about the the ventilator project and uh, some of the international collaborations. There's lots to talk about. So, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Dr. Sudesh Siravatsu. He is uh, from UCT, and uh, he is Associate Professor and a Biomedical Engineer. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Dr. Sudesh Sirivasu, and if you want to ask him any questions, if you've ever uh, wondered about medical devices, please feel free. You can SMS us on 34519 or send us a telegram on 061-895-1019. That's 061-895-1019. Now, Dr. Sudesh, we were talking a bit about COVID, but I, I think that some of the uh, even your, your more interesting work was done pre-COVID. So, so maybe tell us about a few of the devices uh, that you invented um, uh, pre-COVID, and also your process, because you, you, you've told me that you have a, a whole set of these in your head, and then you, you you sort of like roll them out one at a time every year, like you write a book uh, almost every year on 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 a different device. So, speak to us about your process, because I think that's fascinating. Thank you, Benji. Um, so uh, the innovation methodology that we adopt is called frugal biodesign. So this is an ad- adaptation of uh, the biodesign uh, program from uh, Stanford, but um, you know it has been adopted for uh, developing countries such as South Africa. So the whole process, the innovation involves uh, around uh, or revolves around the uh, end user. And for a medical device, uh, our uh, um, you know our recommendation is that the end user should be the doctor, not the patient. So which might it might be slightly counterintuitive, but uh, the uh, the problem is that unless the doctor signs off on a medical device, you know the patient may not be able to use a medical device. So the innovation aspect of the device is primarily focused around the clinician. So. That's what is the unique approach. So since uh, as is an academic laboratory and we are situated in the health sciences faculty, we have quite a good access within uh, various departments of medicine within uh, the hospitals. And that leads us into um, uh, exploring unmet clinical needs in the clinical side. And that comes into our laboratory to be solved with a technological solution. And uh, we have uh, developed uh, a number of other technologies pre-COVID. So to give you an example, uh, our first, uh, you know, I'll give you an uh, examples of uh, projects which have reached substantial uh, levels. They, our first project was uh, something called Rescribe, which is a re- rehabilitative exoskeleton hand, which is what you started off the conversation with about, uh, uh, you know, next generation uh, sci-fi prosthetic hand. So it's a stroke rehab hand that we developed, which is completely 3D printed. And also it provides handwriting rehabilitation. Uh, we ended up trying to, uh, you know, uh, starting a company with it. Unfortunately, uh, South Africa is not, um, you know, beefed up for uh, for next generation technology, which is something that we we realized that other countries are quite um, uh, quite capable of doing during our 
recent visit to Israel. Uh, in South Africa, the investment around uh, high-fi tech, high technologies are quite uh, less. Then we moved out to uh, create a uh, new device called ZibiPen, uh, which is an adrenaline auto-injector, which is a reloadable adrenaline auto-injector, which has uh, the potential of reducing the cost from what is now $600 to less than about $100 or less than about 1,000 rands within uh, South Africa. And this particular uh, innovation was named as one of the uh, top uh, innovations of the last decade by Business Insider. And uh, we have a startup company on that, and that uh, startup company called uh, Impulse Biomedical is now um, uh, successfully taking the technology out to the market. And uh, there are other devices. So, Dr., what, what, what is the, what the, 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 is it like a, a pen for for people for adrenaline or is it for diabetes? How, what is the What is the application? So it is uh, it is for a uh, for a allergic reaction called anaphylaxis, which is usually caused by bee stings or sometimes even peanut nut allergies, and uh, people go into an extreme uh, allergic state called anaphylaxis. So in those conditions, we need to have an intramuscular injection, uh, which is quite deeper than uh, insulin uh, for diabetes, and that needs to be administered within about a couple of seconds. So it is a high force uh, you know auto injector that we have designed, and uh, this is used as a first line treatment for people going into extreme uh, anaphylactic reaction. Because if you don't treat a patient who has gone into anaphylactic reaction, they will uh, uh, disease in about uh, 15 minutes. So you need to have some form of an emergency uh, treatment for uh, uh, for allergies. And uh, nut allergies and bee sting allergies are quite, uh, quite a common thing in uh, most part of the world. And especially with the uh, changing lifestyles and changing diet styles, a lot of people are now encountering more and more um, um, allergies and, uh, you know, anaphylaxis uh, is coming out to be a common thing. And lack of access to uh, uh, auto-injectors leads uh, for the uh, yeah, patients and the uh, uh, patient's family to have uh, a vial of uh, adrenaline and syringe. And during the time of shock, they actually try to administer themselves with an injection. And it becomes quite painful. And many a times it leads to accidents and um, not so pleasant outcomes. So uh, our uh, solution around that, it's called the ZibiPen, which is now uh, incorporated into a company called Impulse Biomed is now uh, taking this technology to the to the market, and similarly we have other devices like Easy Squeezy, which is a fun uh, uh, device for uh, uh, children with um, asthma to use their uh, uh, asthma in, uh, you know inhalers. Uh, there's a lot of stigma around using inhalers, so we created a fun way of interacting with these by putting in cartoon characters, etc. And then that makes it quite, uh, you know, um, and reduces the force. It is found that only children over 12 years have the pinch grip that is necessary to activate an average asthma inhaler. So children struggle to uh, activate inhalers, and that reduces the efficacy of using the inhalers. So we we reduce their force to less than about 12 newtons, which makes even a ch child who's five years or old, over uh, who would be able to use a device like this. So that is now, again, uh, has been licensed to another uh, company. So similarly... So, so, so explain to us how it works, because uh, I think that that's an extremely interesting part of uh, university technology. You know, we tend to think about innovation uh, coming out of either businesses or universities. But in universities, you know, you kind of write a paper and then uh, and then you know the, the professor goes off and, and and goes and teaches the students. But what what you've done is is connected the you the these companies to the university uh, infrastructure, which must, must be quite an interesting process. 
<laughs> Thank you, Wenji. It's it's quite a um, uh, quite a different uh, take to what the outcomes from academic research needs to be. So in academia, we are generally fine-tuned towards having more and more papers. But uh, personally, I'm driven towards impact, and that impact for me is through translation. And that's where uh, you know we uh, create these companies and see the people who need it the most. That is the end users, the uh, the uh, patients get it. And uh, you know uh, it's um, but the university has all the uh, support infrastructure. It's just that uh, the traditional academia is not fine-tuned for this, but I think it's going to be the future. You know, if innovation is what is going to drive academia in the future. And uh, I'm not uh, uh, saying that we don't need to write papers. You know, that is also the core, uh, you know, uh, uh, essentials of uh, academic outcome. But I think we, uh, we as academicians, we need to, uh, you know, give more to the society. And that can only be done to in- innovations which can be translatable. We're talking to Sudesh Siravasu. He is a associate professor at UCT. If you want to ask any questions, um, you can SMS us 34519 or send us a telegram 0618951019. And uh, if you've ever had any thoughts about this and uh, biomedical engineering, I think it would be uh, a fascinating, uh, get some fascinating answers. Now, uh, Sudesh, t- uh, this National Ventilator Project, what was it all about and how did you guys get involved with it? Uh, and, and uh, you know, is, is it still uh, such a big issue now that COVID seems to be uh, uh, going down? Uh, so it's an interesting question, Benji. Uh, so yeah, for the National Ventilator Project, we at uh, University of Cape Town made a, uh, you know, we came, we have been working on ventilators over the last four years. And uh, we made a similar submission to the National Ventilator Project along with uh, CSIR being our manufacturing partner. Our submission was not selected for the subsequent rounds, but uh, CSIR made a similar submission to the National Ventilator Project with uh, UCT being uh, their clinical partners, which was selected for subsequent rounds and now which is now uh, the National uh, the National Ventilator Project. So we were uh, involved in the clinical verification of the um, uh, the ventilator, the life ventilator designed by CSIR. So uh, our role has been pretty much around evaluating this technology and uh, we did it uh, using a very uh, custom uh, uh, protocol for evaluation. Uh, that being, uh, yeah, coming back to your question about whether uh, the with COVID uh, cases going down, will there be a need for ventilators? I think it's a it's a very interesting question because uh, we have just seen the uh, first wave of COVID, and until a real vaccine is out there, we might not uh, figure out whether the second wave or subsequent waves how its how its impact is going to be on us uh, in the longer run. And generally, we are already uh, short of ventilators, and this would definitely feed into the system and uh, not just for uh, uh, covid you know we uh, other other uh, like uh, disease conditions like pneumonia or uh, you know even tb in some cases you know they, there's a need for usage of uh, ventilatory systems and uh, uh, these systems would definitely help uh, to build the infrastructure uh, hospital infrastructure which was not doubled in the first place uh, it, it supports it will go on to support the infrastructure further so I think there's going to be a need for it. Now you mentioned earlier about a trip to Israel where you, you went and had a look at uh, some of the technology there uh, from a university perspective. Uh, what what sort of things did you find uh, that was interesting there and, and, and around the world that might have an impact even here in South Africa? 
So, uh, you know, thanks for the trip to Israel and, uh, you know, uh, mentioning about that, uh, because one one thing that opens uh, uh, the moment you talk about Israel is uh, the amazing technology and uh, the amazing ways in which they translate the technology. And, uh, you know, we uh, from the developing countries like uh, in South Africa, we definitely need to learn a lot of uh, this translatory process of uh, tech transfer. And, uh, you know, uh, your team uh, that went on to the tour was predominantly a tech transfer offices. And we were able to see the real, um, you know, uh, how big this business is done. And it's not about like creating, um, you know, one side, it is about creating the next Google from your garage. But the other side, which is most of the most of our how universities work, uh, translating technology from the university into uh, commercial segments. And that's a, that's a key learning for me uh, from uh, the trip to Israel and also you know how people are willing to take risk how well they are uh, they're open to about open to failure you know uh, that that was something which was very striking when we when we uh, interviewed or when we had chats with most of the people there and uh, they, they you know they seem to have a lot of companies going and the emphasis on uh, high tech uh, was something that was really really striking because you know, with the high tech and, uh, you know, we uh, we have uh, discussed about other medical applications uh, from Israel and uh, uh, during our conversations, uh, Benji. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the interesting part was that the thing to take out uh, in not just, um, you know, uh, average technologies, there is also a futuristic view on what the potential high tech Maybe the OrCam was a you know excellent example, and uh, we are seeing that it's coming into play now. And uh, there are, there were many other technologies that I could uh, you know talk about. And the whole for me the whole process was very interesting. Now the high tech side is one element, and obviously that you know that's the exciting stuff. And as you said, you know robotic arms and all that sort of thing. But often what can make a big difference in a South African context is just something simple uh, that 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 uh, can actually uh, change, uh, you know, how people react to things because they don't have resources um, or, or, uh, or whatever. And, and, you've, and you've been able to also uh, do stuff at, at a very, very basic level, which, which um, can, can really change uh, people's lives. Can you give us a sense about how you design for a South African context? What sort of things do you think about that maybe you wouldn't think about in an international context, say? So that's that's a uh, very interesting question, uh, Benji. Because you know, uh, I'll give you an example uh, of a device, and then I'll talk about it. So we designed this um, uh, testing booth called uh, Ubuntu Boots. So these are like uh, testing uh, uh, boots that uh, prevents uh, that separates the uh, patient from the clinician when the, when they are doing the nasal swabs for COVID nineteen. And uh, what we found is like uh, the the clinician who is supposed to be uh, taking these swabs, you know, on an average, they take about 200 to 300 swabs every day. We found that um, uh, they need to change uh, their PPEs after every patient because they have a potential to cross infect if, uh, if they don't change the uh, PPEs from one patient to another. So what happens is they end up spending like uh, 200 to 300 rand worth of PPEs for every patient. 
right? And uh, uh, this needs to be uh, like this. Not only the cost of the uh, you know to, uh, the PPEs for. Uh, 200 to 300 patients. It's also about the time that it takes. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes for one change of PPE. So the whole there is a whole backlog with, re- with respect to testing and uh, sample collection. So this is what has been happening. So what we did was we built uh, um, we built uh, you know the testing booths, uh, multi multi sided, multi faced uh, mm-hmm. testing booths with, with which we can do more than one uh, patient sample at a time but also um, the, so we saw the technologies which were developed by Israel India uh, South Korea etc um, and uh, we saw that they they because they were at, uh, they were ahead of our uh, covid peak time so we were able to see what were the technologies they were doing and then we took it to the South African context in in trying to see what would be the best way to incorporate? So in South Africa, you know, what we did was like the first thing, uh, the separation was uh, made through uh, transparent glasses with multiple hand uh, glasses. So one could take uh, swabs without coming in direct contact with the patient and uh, the sa- samples will be handled separately. It saves over like 10,000 rand of uh, worth of uh, PPEs every single day and uh, leave alone the lack of access to uh, uh, PPEs, but this will uh, put in a lot of uh, saving on the uh, on the uh, uh, PPEs. But on the other side, it's it also safeguards the uh, clinician uh, because they uh, after every patient they they have a, a stool to, uh, to sit on and a table to work with, so they can continue working and processing the information of the patient and. Um, uh, the, you know the the process efficiency can uh, continue, and uh, this has actually changed how testing is done in the hospitals. Um, so I'll tell you how the how we have changed uh, the designs going forward in South African context. So the the uh, the Ubuntu booth has a, uh, a light and a suction mechanism which keeps uh, the uh, always the fresh air and filtered air to be uh, available for the clinicians to breathe in, but. What we did was, uh, you know, in the first iteration, there was uh, uh, we did, we couldn't find a long enough wire so the, to connect to the mains, and so we had to put in a separate uh, uh, junction box to connect the plugs, and then take uh, take along uh, takes uh, the uh, you know 10 meter wires to connect to the mains, and uh, guess what? In two days, that 10 meter wire uh, thing was missing, and uh, the clinicians were suffering. Right. So our next iteration was to make sure that we don't have any gaps that can be taken. So I'll be used all the way 10 meters wire from the booth until the mains. So, you know, you've got to look into the context of where you're going to be incorporating these and then design accordingly. So, uh, Dr. Sudesh, if people want to have a look at some of your work, have a look at some of your devices, just see what you're doing at the medical device lab, how can they go about doing that? Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter. So uh, our Twitter handle is UCTMDO, UCT Medical Devices Lab Shortened, and also on Instagram. Or you can look up on our website, bme.uct.ac.za, which will have uh, information and news articles related to our innovations. That's absolutely fantastic. Dr. Sudesh Shiravasu from UCT, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the new Blue Review today. Uh, and talking to us about uh, about the medical devices industry and uh, what is going on in South Africa with the fight against COVID and many other diseases. Thank you very much, Benji. It was a pleasure to be on this show.